UpToDate wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. This is up to date on KCUR 89.3. Kansas City native John Lovich is a full-time gingerbread man. He holds the Guinness Book of World Record for the largest entirely edible gingerbread village and spends the entire year planning, baking, and building houses as he gears up for the holiday season. This year, his gingerbread villages, or gingerbread lane, are on display in four cities, New York, Philadelphia, Houston, and right here in Kansas City. You can catch Gingerbread Lane at City Market until January 13th at the Steamboat Arabia Museum. John joins us now to talk about returning to his Kansas City roots and how exactly he creates these gingerbread villages. John, welcome to Up to Date. Thanks for taking some time with us. Thanks. It's great to be on. You know, I grew up there, and that's my hometown, so it's always a privilege to get to participate in all things Kansas City. Well, that's great. And I just have to ask, John, how did you get into making gingerbread houses in the first place? Well, you know, when I was in college, uh, the, the, the teaching certificate program was full, and the business management didn't have any openings, and I ended up with, with gingerbread artistry. But I actually went to culinary school out there in Johnson County and uh, was a chef at the old Hyatt Hotel, Skies, the Duck Club. And uh, gingerbread was just kind of something I got into on the side, accidentally, as it were, and it just kept growing. And uh, many years ago, about eight years ago to be exact, I had to pick. actually entered a gingerbread competition in 1994 in Prairie Village. Was that how all this got started? Pretty much, and uh, I lost. I, I lost <laughs> bad. I, I didn't even come in the top 10, and um, <laughs> I was really, really bitter about it, you know. I was uh, like, well, wait a minute. These people weren't even building houses or using gingerbread. And they were like, well, you didn't read the rules. You don't have to make a house or use gingerbread. And I was like, but I thought it was a gingerbread house. <laughs> I mentioned that you have your gingerbread lane here in Kansas City at the Steamboat Arabia Museum this holiday season. Uh, why was it important for you to bring a gingerbread lane back to where you began? Well, so we came back last year for the first time. Last year was the first time back in 27 years. We were at the Twain Miniature Museum near the Plaza, right. which is a marvelous facility. If your listeners haven't been there, I recommend that very highly, too. And uh, we decided this year we wanted to kind of be somewhere that, that was probably a little busier, a little more foot traffic. And but we were talking to some, uh, some pretty amazing institutions around the city. And we ended up back at City Market. And it was a real 
has been a goal to get it back to Kansas City. That's where I'm from. I've stayed very active in my hometown. I visit two or three times a year. And uh, I was at Game 5 in 2015 in, in New York City. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that stayed really, really active and involved in Kansas City and, and things that had happened. And, you know, I lived downtown in the 1990s. I was on Quality Hill when you could roll a bowling ball down Main Street at 5 o'clock and hit nobody. Right. And, uh, you know, City Market was a really big part of that because I'd go shopping down there. I, I was a City Market regular before it was cool. And, um, you know, so it was just really exciting to get back to Kansas City. The town does the holidays so well. And uh, and then once we were back there, then it was like, you know what, we should find a place where there was a lot of people and a lot going on. And last year when I was in, you know, for the toy and miniature, we uh, went and had brunch in Columbus Park and Happy Gillis, best biscuits and gravy anywhere. Wow. And uh, we cruised over to the market to kind of check out the scene. And I was like, wow, this is really busy. The Merry Market concept they have where they, right. they have, you know, they have they have carolers, they have handbell ringers, they have, you know, fresh fresh greens, fresh garland, fresh trees. I mean, it really is busy. And uh, so I decided, you know what, well, let's see if they'd like to have Gingerbread Lane here. And they were all too happy to have us. And it's, uh, it's a great, in my mind, match made in heaven, I guess you could say, because everything at the city market's handmade. Everything in the city market's local. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of what I do. I make everything by hand and by right. definition. I'm, about as, I'm as local as you can get. So it's well, really exciting to get back there. Kansas City has plenty of holiday traditions. Are you hoping for Gingerbread Lane to become an annual tradition here in town? Hoping and praying, Steve. It's, uh, you know, it's um, that's one of the reasons I was so excited to get back. The mayor's Christmas tree, the Crown Center Ice Terrace, where I worked as a teenager. Obviously, the Plaza Lights uh, Union Station has just become so extraordinary with their decorations. So it was definitely in my mind when we got back to Kansas City and then this year when we found a new place that we felt definitely kind of was more representative of the holidays and, and the Kansas City traditions and the culture. It was just like, this just seems like a place we could be long term. So when we set up shop this first time, you know, there at the city market, definitely the goal was can we become part of the Kansas City tradition that we've accomplished that in New York City, which is equally as hard, but, you know, Rock Center and everything that goes on in New York. And uh, the goal was, can we be a long-term tradition and, and come back every year and, and, and be something that people go visit, just like the Plaza Lights, just like they take a stroll to wow. the Ice Terrace, can going to see Gingerbread Lane every year be a part of that? So that's definitely something we're hoping for. I'm visiting with Kansas City native John Lovich. Uh, he's known as the gingerbread man. He holds the Guinness World Record for the largest entirely edible gingerbread village. So I, you hold this record. You've broken it several times. The last time you broke it, how many houses did you make for that particular village? And how many pounds of icing, how many pounds of, of everything else go into something like that, John? So our last Guinness World Record, and we've, we've kind of retired from the Guinness World Record stuff, but we are the reigning champ. We do have bragging rights still. Uh, but the last time we said it was 1,251 houses. The first time we said it was 157, so we had to go up 1,000% to get where we are now. Wow. And uh, the, the first time we said it, we really irritated quite a few people throughout Europe because their exhibits were much bigger but not eligible because they weren't following you know, the, the very stringent, very strict rules. So we got it over a thousand to make peace with Germany and Norway and Sweden and whatnot, and, and we're on good terms now. And uh, 
the one there at uh, the city market, it, um, there's a, a little over 300 pounds of gingerbread, about 1,800 pounds of icing, there's about 300 pounds of candy, and it's, it's all incredibly edible, and it all becomes very green at the end. I know probably some of your listeners or, or, or some of our visitors are going to be like, this is so wasteful. And it really isn't. When it's done, we haul it away to farmers and compost heaps, so it's all sugar. It's all icing. It's all candy. The majority of the products we usually buy after the holidays are over, so it's, it's stuff nobody wanted anyway. And um, at the end, horses and cows and pigs will have a very sweet surprise um, and get it to enjoy it. So it's a very green concept, and, um, you know, it's uh, a lot of Kansas City in the exhibit. We have a, you're probably going to ask that, but I'm going to... Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to beat you. Yeah, uh, so there's a lot of Kansas City in my exhibits. There always has been. We've always modeled our ice rinks all around the country, wherever we are, after the Crown Center Ice Terrace. And we've modeled our shopping mall after Crown Center. And uh, so this year, you know, we have a lot of those queues. We have our popcorn. is modeled after the top six popcorn parts. It always has been. So one of these things that a lot of people will see will remind them of Topsy's and Crown Center and Union Station. We've, we've done that for 30 years, you know, in New York and Orlando and Branson and Pittsburgh and Texas. And then you know, we took it a step further this year. We, uh, we added 12 days of Kansas City Christmas. We have 12 Mahomes comebacks. We have 11 pitmasters smoking. You know, we have 10 <laughs> plasma light bulbs and... Uh, you know, so we, we, we've taken it one step further. We're hoping those 12 Mahomes come back, so hoping we're going to get some of those <laughs> over the next two months, hopefully. There you go. We'll be back in just a minute. John, can can people eat these things? Though I thought people ate them at the end. I would hope not. Uh, <laughs> you know, at a, at a, at a, at a, at such a culinary paradise like City Market, why would you want to eat this? You know, you go to you go to City Market and you have you know Minsky's, which is you know, obviously all over the region, but it's such a good location there. You know, you have obviously you have Bloom Bakery, which is one of the best bakeries in Kansas City. I mean, there's just there's just such amazing food there. You know, why would you want to eat? these things that have been sitting around for a year. So, so they get a little, started, they get a little stale, you're saying? Yeah, they get a little stale. My company line regarding eating what's in gingerbread lean is it's a uh, life after people type scenario. If you're desperate for food, zombie apocalypse <laughs> type thing, yeah. you could probably get, you could get this down with enough water. So, so uh, but other than that, you don't want to eat this stuff. John, logic, logistically, how do you do this thing? I'm just trying to wrap my head around how you plan and then actually build so many houses here. It's, you know, it's, uh, what are we, the 14th year? So, I mean, you know, the average person is thinking about Christmas is in 11 days or, or the seventh night of Hanukkah or right. Kwanzaa or whatever it is, you know, everybody celebrates. We definitely in, include everybody in Gingerbread Lane. Uh, but the average person is thinking about here and now. You know, they're getting ready to light that eighth candle. They're getting ready to wrap their presents, whatever it is they do. I'm mentally starting to turn the page into next year already. And here in the next week, I will in earnest to start making things for next year because between the four locations every year we're, we're three to five locations one year to the next and uh between all four of them we'll just say you know there's about 2200 houses i have to get made in ten and a half months and that's in addition to 48 drummers drumming and 44 pipers piping and about 60 nutcrackers and 
and Santa Clauses. So, I, you know, like yesterday I was uh, working on some uh, little gingerbread men that I make out of brown icing, and uh, they're actually from my New York City location because we're getting ready to do some, some, some TV there later today. And I was like, you know what, I should just pipe a few extra. And, and I, I, I knew what I was thinking with that. I didn't want to say it out loud. I didn't want to, like, you know, kind of, like, put it out there. But it was just like – I knew what I was thinking. You know, I was thinking of nutcrackers for next year or, or gingerbread men for right, next year. Right. So I think that the number one question I get from, from media and, and just from, you know, fans and spectators and visitors is, what do you do the rest of the year? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I just, I just sit around with my feet up and, and, and watch Cheers and Seinfeld reruns and just take it easy. You know, it's like, <laughs> what do you think I do? Yeah. Have you seen the, the detail on this? Are you kidding me? You know, I mean, the, the one in Kansas City has – 12 drummers drumming, it has 11 pipers piping, it has three French hens, you know, it's, it's got 15 nutcrackers. <laughs> you know, it, it has been an insane amount of work. And like when I quit being a chef to do this, and, you know, a chef is a widow-making profession by its very nature, you, you never leave. Uh, and if you do leave, you're probably on your laptop working on the menu or, or fighting with the unit or something. Right. And so I was, you know, wondering, like, once I kind of figured out can I make a living off of this? And I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> I was just going to uh, ask. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'm still trying to get an answer there. COVID kind of really skewed that data. Well, John, but, how uh, do you make a living off of this? I'm a commissioned artist. Okay. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's just like painting an oil and clay or, you know, um, a good example out there would be the Kansas City Renaissance Festival, which is something I come in to visit every fall. I, I literally come to Kansas City just, just to go to the Renaissance Festival. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have one out here, but that's my home base. And uh, there's all these different artists out there that, that when they're done there, they go to Texas. And when they're done there, they hit Louisiana. And, and before that, they've been in Pittsburgh or New York or whatever. And they go, you know, uh, they ride horses or they're, they're dancers or they run booths or things like that. And this is the exact same concept. I, um, I have to approach these places, city market being no different. And do you want it? Are you interested? And the more media we get, thank you very much, by the way, Steve, uh, the more media you get, you know, uh, the more people come to see it. Uh, you know, the media has been a very, very wonderful partner over the years, helping us, you know, get the story out there and that sort of thing. And the more people that hear about it, the more that come see it. And the more that come see it in a situation like, you know, the city market, they're going to stay for Mary Market. They're going to they're going to go outside to the vendors. They're going to get some of that really amazing popcorn. They're going to go over to Christina's Produce, right. the Tiki Mathal House, and get some spices, whatever. So it's it's a win-win. They come see Gingerbread Lane. And, you know, in the case of Kansas Cityans, maybe they hadn't been to City Market in a few years for various reasons. Uh, and, you know, it's going to give them a reason to go. And, you know, well, they're going to hang out. They're going to shop. They're going to dine. Right. It's, it's going to be a win-win. John, I got to point out that you bake all these houses from your house in New York City. Where do you fit them all? I mean, what does your home look like throughout the year? Well, you know, New York is known for its spacious homes. With, with <laughs> I was going to say, come on. Yeah. Tons of tons of expendable space, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we live in Queens. I paid my uh, I paid my Manhattan and, and Bronx dues. And uh, my wife domesticated me and moved me out to Queens where they actually have homes. And the basement, um, this wasn't the original plan. You know, the basement was originally going to be maybe if we have kids, that'll be a play space or whatever. And uh, 
when when my wife and I were like, you should do this full time, and you know, then you can be home and that sort of thing. And uh, we decided the basement was big enough. A lot of shelving, you know, three, four, five houses vertical, that sort of thing. But then, John, and, you've got uh, to transport these houses all across the country, including out here to Kansas City. How does that happen? Luck, praying, uh, <laughs> you know, um, couple couple uh, rituals, pagan rituals, and burning some things before we leave. But uh, no, honestly, we. Uh, I go rent a van from Penske right around the corner and uh-huh. uh, box it all up, and then I, I drive it myself because I, I can't, I can't count on anybody to get this stuff where it needs to be. And honestly, New York is the hardest part of the drive uh, because um, people in New York they don't drive like people out there. It's right. it's always interesting when I go home because everybody out there they let you merge, you know, they don't go that right. fast, they don't they don't say things about your mother when they get in front of you, things of that nature. So the hardest part's getting off the East Coast, and then from there it's just a long drive. And I think Kansas City this year, we left New York City at noon, and we got into Kansas City about 9.30 in the morning. So it was, you know, with the time change, it was about 20 hours with a three-hour nap outside of Indianapolis. And uh, and then, you know, Kansas City is one of the easier ones because it's home base. I got a lot of friends there that are, you know, I can con into helping me. You yeah. know, the guys of, hey, do you want to spend some time together? And um, they come help me schlep it together, and uh, you know we got it. We got it done in about two and a half days, and it's been there. It's been there a month already. Wow! I bet your house smells like gingerbread all year long. Then, right? That's what I'm told. Uh, when people <laughs> you, come over, you uh, don't smell it anymore. I don't. No, when people come over, you know, I smell the dishes that need done or the cat litter. I don't. And people will come over and be like, "Oh, your house smells amazing," and I'm like, "What on earth are you smelling?" And it's the beginning of this, the baking season, you know, here coming up really soon. That's when I smell it the most. Uh, yeah. And I always smell it when I burn it. That, I'm always able to <laughs> smell it when I burn it, which inevitably that'll happen at some point. And then I'm like, oh, I can smell that. Well, that's Kansas City native John Levitch. Uh, he holds the Guinness World Record for largest entirely edible gingerbread village. You can catch his gingerbread display at City Market through January 13th. John, what a pleasure to have you, and uh, it's a great story. Thanks for doing what you do. Steve, thanks so much for having me on. I'm a big fan of KCUR. I participate in Facebook and Instagram all the time, so this is honestly, I kid you not, a dream come true to be able to be on your show. Thanks well, I appreciate that, John. You bet. Up to Date is a production of KCUR 89.3. The program is produced by Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, Claudia Brancard, and Hallie Jackson. Our intern is Elizabeth Erb. Paul Nakatura is our announcer and engineer. The theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening. Run, run, run as fast as you can. You can't catch me on the